Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There are plenty of things that can ruin a movie. A bad script, poor direction, awful acting, distracting special effects, and as this list will demonstrate, hopefully anyway, narratively pointless character assassinations. Now, being forced to say goodbye to a great movie character can be a brilliant creative decision, don't get me wrong, and when filmmakers know what they're doing, killing a character off can actually improve a story, but on the other hand, a botched death can nuke its potential entirely. I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com and these are 8 deaths that ruined movies. Number 8. Stephen Hiller, Independence Day Resurgence Sequels to fan-favorite 90s movies don't always go over so well, and Independence Day Resurgence was no exception. 20 years after the original, the film's reputation was already in tatters when it was announced that former star Will Smith wouldn't be returning. Of course, that was a huge bummer, as in the original sci-fi blockbuster, Smith had portrayed veteran army pilot Colonel Steve Hiller, who led the charge against the movie's alien invaders and welcomed them to Earth in the only way he knew. How. But with Smith gone and no longer keen on returning, the writers had to get rid of Hiller for the sequel, and did so in the most cruel, unceremonious way possible by having him die off screen, killed in an explosion caused by some malfunctioning alien tech that he was testing out. It was a lame, brutal, and unnecessary demise, and the rest of the film never really recovered from Smith's absence, especially once they brought in a wooden Liam Hemsworth to take the lead and bogged the movie down in bland CGI and a derivative story. Number 7, David Dunn, Glass. For the most part, M. Night Shyamalan's unprecedented follow-up to Unbreakable and Split is a pretty interesting affair, allowing three of his most famous characters to turn up in a film together and twist up the superhero movie formula in the process. Though it ends up wasting some of its narrative potential by the end, Glass at least hits audiences with enough shocks to keep itself interesting, especially in its final act, which sees the death of overarching villains Mr. Glass and The Horde. But then, in what can be best described as one twist too many, the film's hero David Dunn, whose only weakness is water, is killed after being drowned in a puddle by some nameless goon. And in a nutshell, that's it. Shyamalan went one step too far with this twist, as most of his late career movies tend to do admittedly, and ended up leaving a sour taste in the mouths of fans everywhere. We'd waited decades to see David Dunn again, and then he's just done and dusted in the lamest way ever. Number 6, Donna Sheridan, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Listen, 
Frozen. Mamma Mia was a great, life-affirming film that sported great performances, infectious joy, and a witty script. It was also a major success, becoming a box office smash overnight and earning itself legions of fans. Starring a wonderful collection of stars, including a seriously enjoyable turn from Meryl Streep as fierce protagonist Donna Sheridan, a sequel was not only welcome, but inevitable. And Here We Go Again carries with it a lot of the same lovable wit that made its predecessor so good, as well as some great characters and impressive musical numbers. But in the film, which is mostly told through flashbacks, it's revealed that Donna has passed away between movies, diagnosed with cancer and unable to recover. Not only does this put far too much of a dampener on the film's otherwise hopeful tone, but it also shuns Streep from large portions of the story. And though Lily James does try admirably to fill Streep's shoes, the lack of Donna and Streep's perfect performance ultimately lets it down in the end, and ruins the plot's momentum as soon as the twist becomes clear. Number 5. Elizabeth Shaw, Alien Covenant Okay, so bear with me here. As an Alien film, Alien Covenant is pretty good. It's thrilling, dark, gory, and Ridley Scott can keep us engaged in even the most mundane of scenes, even the fingering scenes. As a sequel to Prometheus, though, two scenes ruin it entirely, and one includes the death of a fan-favorite character. In an attempt to wipe the slate clean and go back to basics, Ridley Scott uses Covenant to pretty much sweep under the rug a bunch of lingering threads from his last Alien prequel. While this was in response to some criticism, if anything, he completely overcorrected and nuked the whole thing from orbit, taking both the questionable developments and the mysteries fans genuinely wanted to see answered along with him. One of these is the destruction of the engineers. Despite their wonky introduction in Prometheus, there was a lot of anticipation to see their planet, and what Android David and survivor Elizabeth Shaw would do when they got there. The answer is essentially just mass genocide though, as David sharpishly kills them all off. Even worse, Shaw is treated no better, as it's revealed that she died between movies and David has been experimenting on her cops. A genuine highlight of Prometheus, fans were excited to see more of her character and where she'd go next, but sadly, the answer just turned out to be the bin, alongside most of Prometheus's other elements. Number 4. Bane and Talia al Ghul, The Dark Knight Rises Topping The Dark Knight was never going to be an easy task, but at least for a short while it looked like The Dark Knight Rises would pull off a miracle. And for the most part, I still personally enjoy the movie, but its potential for greatness is definitely squandered in a quick one-two punch of bad death scenes. Anchored by its impressive cast, including newcomers Marion Cotillard as the mysterious Miranda Tate and Tom Hardy as the unstoppable supervillain Bane, and explosive action sequences, the first half of the movie works wonders with the script, tone, and development of the trilogy's most established characters. But everything starts to fall apart once Tate is revealed to be Talia al Ghul, the daughter of Raish al Ghul from Batman Begins, as well as the mastermind behind Bane's recent rise to power. The shock twist is then followed by the quick death of Bane at the hands of Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, and then Talia's laughably acted demise a short while later. Between the heavy-handed plot twists, Bane's sudden transformation into an easily beaten threat, and Cotillard's infamously appalling death scene, the film's two major deaths ruin the tone and momentum of the story with their anticlimactic executions, and the movie never really recovers after. Both of them deserve better is what I'm trying to say, especially Bane. Number 3. Cassie Thomas, Promising Young Woman Promising Young Woman is a troubling, fascinating film from director Emerald Fennell, focusing on the long-term emotional effects of sexual abuse, survivors' guilt, and injustice. Its ending, however, has become one of the most divisive in recent memory, and for some, completely ruins the whole thing. Throughout the 
movie, Cassie is slowly building towards getting revenge on the man who assaulted her friend, who subsequently killed herself in the aftermath a few years ago. And initially, it looks like she's going to win and come out on top. Only, at the last second, he gains the upper hand in the situation and then smothers her to death in a harrowing scene, though she later gets the last laugh by sending the police after him via a posthumous tip-off. Now, the aim of this dramatic twist is a noble one. It can be seen as an allegory for how society often fails abuse survivors and only effectively acts when it's too late. But in the context of this film, it's so jarring and heavy-handed that it's difficult to not leave an unintentionally sour feeling afterwards, and muddles the focus of the story, making you reevaluate the point of the whole piece. The visceral death scene, contrasted with the weird feel-good and neat ending of everything wrapping up after, is all over the place tonally and confuses a potentially empowering message. Now, I understand the optics of this, this is me, a guy, talking about how this ending doesn't work when it has for so many others. However, there is a great piece of writing out there by Mary Beth McAndrews titled On the Disempowerment of Promising Young Woman that sums it up better than I ever could that I definitely recommend checking out. Number 2. Evan, The Butterfly Effect There are two endings to 2004's underrated sci-fi thriller The Butterfly Effect, one which works brilliantly and was used in a theatrical release, and one that can only be found in the director's cut and should never, ever have seen the light of day. The basic gist of the film is that Evan can travel through time and inhabit the body of his younger self. He uses this power to go back in time and attempt to fix the lives of his deeply troubled friends. Though a very difficult film to watch in parts, it at least makes the most of its inventive and outlandish premise and ends on an ambiguous high which teases a happy ending for Evan and his old house. The director's cut, however, completely ruins this film by having Evan go back one last time to when he was still in his mother's womb and then kill himself. So that his friends will be okay because they'll never know him. Essentially, it's like the anti It's a Wonderful Life. This ending is just all kinds of wrong and completely ruins the movie in particularly sickening fashion. So yeah, just try not to be unlucky enough to watch the director's cut first because that will ruin everything. Number one, Randy Meeks, Scream 2. Making a sequel to Scream was an inspired move because it offered director Wes Craven the chance to satirize one of the biggest recurring tropes in the slasher genre, that being sequels with the same plot as the original. Kicking off with a brilliantly unexpected cold open before setting up the rogues gallery of potential ghostface suspects populating Woodsboro's Windsor College, the film maintains much of the charm, wit, and shocking violence that made its predecessor so popular, but finally drops the ball in the middle act when series horror geek Randy is swiftly killed whilst mocking the new ghostface over the phone. Now, Randy was one of four major characters going into the sequel who had survived the first movie, thanks in equal measure to his pop culture know-how and his proud lack of sexual experience. He was also the best character in the film by an absolute mile. So, Killing Randy was met with severe backlash, and though Scream 2 is far from a total failure, it just felt emptier without him there. And Scream 3's attempts to bring him briefly back were equally uninspired. Put simply, if anyone should still be around to face Ghostface in the upcoming Scream 5, it's Randy Meeks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.